The AXPX Podcast is brought to you by Charming Beard Coffee. Go to charmingbeard.com and enter in the code AXPX when you buy a bag of their single roasted coffees and get 10% off of your order. Charming Beard Coffee, quality, small batch, single origin coffee for the discerning coffee drinker. Beard not necessarily required. Welcome, everyone, to the AXPX Podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeRager, and with me, as always, Joey Avalos. Hey, Sean, how you doing, man? Good, man. We're in, we're in episode 18. and uh, Wow. 18 already, huh? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we, we took a break last week, so hopefully our listeners forgive us. Uh, we were going to try to do a live show through Google Hangouts, and I couldn't figure out that damn thing, so... <laughs> And uh, the, the kids, uh, the kids were a bit. I think my my seven month old was off track with his nap, and I was just, I just, you know, I, I called you up, Joey, and I was like, you know what? Let's just take a break this weekend. <laughs> I need a, I need a, some some R and R here. Yeah, sometimes so, life gets in the way, man. Yep, it's all good. So thanks for uh, for tuning in. Um, really excited about today's show. We're going to be talking to Steve Wells. He's the author of the Skeptics Annotated Bible. And he also has a book called Drunk with Blood, God's Killings in the Bible. And then we also have music from Bad Religion. So good stuff today. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been a, it's been an interesting week as far as the news goes. I think uh, the Catholic Church, Joey, is they're without a pope right now, right? Yeah, it's the first time, what, in 600, 700 years or something like that? Yeah, so I'm not sure if they have like a license to sin now or what's going on. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm sure... <laughs> A party up in the Vatican tonight. Huh? If you're listening and you're and you're Catholic, let us know. I mean, is there atonement while the Pope's? Well, there's no Pope. I don't know. I don't know. You know can is there is the line to God broken? Um, these are actually serious questions. If you're Catholic and listening, email us and let us know. Sean S E A N at the AXPX dot com. Um, do you, anything uh, you want to talk about before we jump into the into our our guest here, Joey? Are we? Uh, I think we're good to go, man. We're good, man. Um, cool. Let's jump right into our conversation here with Steve Wells. can be argued that atheists and skeptics know the Christian Bible more than actual believers. As someone who is going through their own bout of skepticism, I can see how this can happen. My own doubts have led me to read the Bible more than I ever have. Blatant historical inaccuracies and contradictions fascinate me now, and I'm no longer scared to challenge the Word of God. Steve Wells has taken this a step further. He's actually created a resource online called The Skeptic's Annotated Bible, and he's also written a book called Drunk with Blood, God's killings in the Bible. Steve blatantly challenges the infallibility and holiness of the Bible and throws down the gauntlet, quote, it is time for all of us to stop believing in or pretending to believe in a book that is so unworthy of belief, end quote. So we're talking to Steve Wells today. Welcome, Steve. Hi. Thanks so much for, for talking to us. Uh, when I first found out about your the website, um, 
I was always curious and always wanted to to chat with you. So I'm glad that it finally worked out today. And um, and it kind of <laughs> took for me to even get more interested. You actually had you actually printed the Skeptics Annotated Bible, which is insanely exciting. So you you do throw down a pretty hard stance on on the Bible. So I I was interesting. What sort of religious background do you come from? Well, I was raised in a non-religious family. My my father um, is agnostic, and my my mother is sort of vaguely Protestant, uh, not any particular denomination. Uh-huh. Um, but by the time I was twelve, I considered myself an atheist. It it always seemed pretty obvious to me that that um, there was there was no God, and that religions were were just su- superstition. Mm-hmm. But by but then, and uh, after I graduated from high school, I I read the New Testament. Well, not the whole New Testament, but I read I read the Gospels and the Book of Acts, and I began to be um, attracted to the personality and the teachings, uh, at least some of them, of Christ. Uh-huh. Uh, and by the time I uh, uh, eventually I started to get convinced myself that. You know, maybe maybe there's something to this. Um, then uh, in college, my my sister uh, uh, was a cap became a Catholic, <clears throat> and we talked a lot about religion. And before too long, I I, I, I was going to mass with her, and we were having uh, arguments all the time. <laughs> and eventually, I convinced myself that that um, that uh, I, I I think I kind of believe this stuff. Or at least I was I was ready to just to say that. And when, once you get to that point, you're it, you know it, it's it's pretty easy to jump in. And and that's what I did. I, I decided that, but by golly, I'm a Christian, and not only that, I'm a Catholic. And uh-huh. heck, I, I want to be I want to be a, a Catholic priest. Uh-huh. So I ended uh-huh. up uh, I ended up going to the seminary. And but this was the '70s, and and uh, the Catholic Church was just trying to figure out, you know, trying to figure itself out after the Second Vatican Council. And I wasn't interested in the new church. I was a I was a real gung ho. Traditionalist Catholic. I wanted the I wanted the old Latin Mass and the the theology of Saint Thomas Aquinas, mm-hmm. and so I ended up entering a a, a, a traditionalist Catholic seminary. It was actually the one of Archbishop Lefebvre, who was I don't you may have heard about it. He was he was uh, excommunicated mm-hmm. in the seventies for consecrating uh, some priests without the Pope's approval. Oh. Anyway, I went to one of his sem- seminaries and and then <laughs> was in the seminary where I really lost my faith. Uh, the, uh, the I argued with the professors in the seminary about many things, but it was particularly the existence of hell, the idea that the traditionalists have uh, that there is no salvation outside of the Catholic Church, was one that I just I just couldn't uh, couldn't accept. Uh, that, that that would mean that all that my family and friends and well pretty much everyone on earth except for tradition the handful of traditionalist Catholics was going to hell. So really, uh, I ended up. Uh, I decided. Well, if I if I had these types of problems, I had no business being a priest. I ended up leaving the seminary, and then a few years later, I got I I, I married and had four four kids, and they were all baptized Catholics. Um, and I was still a Catholic, and I still uh, attended mass, but it, it was uh, I was having problems, and and I eventually. After my last child was born, uh, we were coming back. Uh, I, I remember we were coming back from a camping trip, and I told my wife Carol, "I said, uh, you know, I I don't believe this, and I'm not going to pretend like I do anymore." And so 
it was pretty tough on her because she was raised a, a traditionalist Catholic and we had these four kids that we'd baptized Catholics and it was it was a shock to her. Uh, well, I think she could kind of see it coming. <laughs> but anyway, for, for about a week or so, she got out these. Uh, she got all of out all of our catechisms and our theology books, and she was determined she was going to convince me I was wrong. And she did that. Uh, she tried pretty hard, and then after about a week, she decided she didn't believe it either. <laughs> wow! And you know, uh, she just has never really looked back. Neither of us have. Yeah. That's what that. And then at that point, after that happened, then uh, it, I ended up. Uh, uh, how I got into the SAB uh-huh. and, and the Skeptic Sanitated Bible was my sister became a Jehovah's Witness, the same one that was a Catholic, you know, back uh, okay. when I was a teenager. She became a Jehovah's Witness, and I decided, you know, in order to try to talk her out of this, I've got to read that darn thing. Yeah. You know, because they really, they're quite biblically based, unlike Catholics, you know, you know, you can be a pretty good Catholic and not, yeah. and not, and not read the Bible. Right. But you can't, you, to be a Jehovah's Witness, you really, uh, they, they do focus on the Bible. They, um, and so I decided I better read it. So it was then that I read that the idea of the SAB started for me because I was just so shocked by what I read. I, I started highlighting the, uh, the, um, all of the different, aspects of it, the absurdities, the mm-hmm. cruelties, injustices, and that sort of thing. And by the time I got, you know, into that um, process, I was thinking, you know, how come this has never been done before? Yeah. <laughs> and so I decided, well, I'll do it. And that's that's how the SAB came about. Very cool. Yeah. We'll dive in a little more about the SAB in a little bit here, but I wanted to take a little bit of time, first of all, to, to talk about your book, Drunk with Blood, because that's actually the first... Uh, is the first thing that arrived in the mail when I when I bought your books. Your the the book Drunk with Blood. It's also kind of written as a as a resource as well, highlighting all of God's killings in the Bible. Um, what spurred you into to writing Drunk with the Blood as a, uh, first as opposed? Well, I guess you had the SAB online, but then uh, what what kind of spurred you into writing Drunk with Blood? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I, I I never really had thought about it at all yeah. uh, until someone I, I I had I have a blog and and someone uh, on the blog asked the question about how many people had been killed uh, by God <laughs> in the Bible. And I thought, oh yeah, that's a that's a good one. And so I just started uh, with uh, you know the flood in Genesis is God's first killing, right? And did a post on that, and then I said, well, I'll, I'll just go on from there. And so that's what. But that's what I did, and, and uh, eventually wound up with uh, 135 different uh, killings by God. Uh, when I did a post on each one of those, and then okay. I thought, well, this would be this would this would make kind of an interesting book. So I did it. Nice. I did it. It's nice. So it started out as kind of you're posting on your on your blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's the name of your blog? It's 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 got a kind of a strange name. It's uh, called Dwindling in Unbelief. Yes. Yes. And the reason I chose that is that's a that's a Fairly common phrase in the Book of Mormon. Okay, that I thought was kind of funny. It, it, people that dwindled in unbelief in the Book of Mormon got their skins turned dark. And, uh, oh, you know because they were right unbelie- unbelievers. <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah, the the book is interesting. It says, uh, "What do we got here? Two million four hundred seventy six thousand six hundred thirty six is the is the is the tally so far, right?" Yeah, and and that's incomplete because I, yeah. I don't have the uh, I don't have the apocrypha in there. So I'm going to do another <laughs> I'm going to do another uh, edition of it that includes the apocrypha because nice. there's a lot of killings in First and Second Maccabees, for example. 
Yeah, I, I actually have a copy of a Catholic Bible with the Apocrypha, um, and I've been wanting to dive into those. Uh, it's very interesting, interesting stuff. Yeah, they are. They, it, those books are, are are some of them are are really interesting and yeah. quite and uh, shocking, really. <clears throat> I mean, even even. Uh, well, okay. They're, they're no, they were no worse than say the book of judges, but <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to, hard to beat that. So, uh, as far as all these, uh, the, all the accounts of the killings in the, in the, uh, drunk, drunk with blood book, what is your, um, do you have a favorite, it's kind of a weird, weird question, but do you have a favorite story or one that you just, when you first found out about it, it just blew you away? I, well, I think all of the the, the killings and judges are, are are interesting. I mean, that judges is just such a bizarre, bizarrely cruel set of uh, of books with no apparent. There's no apparent reason. There's no there's no moral to the stories. It's just crazy stuff that God makes people do, and it's almost always killing people. Um, just one set of crazy things after another. Yeah. That, you know the Samson killings, where where Samson kills uh, the spirit of the Lord comes upon Samson, and he goes out and kills thirty men for their clothes. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't get much weirder than that. <laughs> There's also one the uh, the Ammonite massacre that I'm looking at right now, which about twenty thousand Ammonites were killed. Yeah, yeah, those are actually kind of the boring ones yeah. because uh, it's just. Uh, God tells people to go out. He tells them to go out and 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 kill. Yeah. Every everyone in, in in a neighboring tribe, and yeah. and they go do that. And but that's pretty much all they say. You know, it's yeah. the ones like the Gideon killings. You know, uh-huh. the, the Gideon stories. That's uh, that I that I find really interesting. And then there's a whole series of mass murders in in um, uh, that that involve Jehu, uh, who is a who was a king, uh, king and of uh, the in in the in the Old Testament, and God was really mad at Ahab, uh, and he was mad at the king, a king, uh, 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 Israelite king, and he was mad at him because he didn't kill a captured king. You know, he captured, he killed, killed everybody else, but he didn't kill the cap- captured king, and God never forgave him for it. And so he decided, I'm just going to kill all of your offspring like forever. And so Jehu was out on a mission from God to kill every, all of the descendants of, of King Ahab. Wow. Uh, and it was just, and it ends up having things like getting uh, 70 heads in two baskets, you know, saying, I want 70 heads. And he's, you know, these, uh, family and friends of, of uh, King Ahab and, uh, you know, descendants. And so they deliver them all to, to Jehu. It's, it's stories like that. Just yeah. crazy things. Yeah, yeah. You, don't hear, you don't hear these stories in Sunday school, for sure. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, one that I've actually known, known about when I first heard about it, it was really, uh, really shocking to me, is the, the story of, of Jephthah's daughter. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, that's an interesting one. Can you ex- explain, uh, set that one up a little bit? Well, yeah, it's, it's a pretty simple story. Uh, Jephthah is, uh, um, one of the judges in, in, uh, in the book of Judges. And he, uh, makes a promise to God. He says, if you know, if you will, if you'll help me massacre all these people, then, then I will, I will sacrifice to you whatever comes through my door when I return. I don't know what he was expecting, his wife or his, <laughs> or his dog or what, but Probably, ended up that his, yeah. that, his, that his daughter was the one that came out to greet him uh-huh. when he came back from the slaughter. 
And so, you know, he's just kind of stuck, you know, made a promise to God. So he had, he had to do it. And she said, yeah, well, that's, that's, that's right. You, you do have to do that. So I'm, I'm okay with that. But, uh, you know, let me go up with my, with my friends up on the mountain for a while. And, right. and, and then when I, when I come back, you can, you can do it. And he did. Wow. And that's the end of the story. Well, and for those of you listening, that's Judges 1139. So, uh, well, it's Judges 11, but the verse 39 is, uh, and her father did with her according to his vow, which he had vowed. So, yeah, crazy. But, th- but, th- but this is the Old Testament. Come on, guys. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and it's true. The Old Testament is quite different than the new. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, in many ways, it's it's much, much worse. But the New Testament in some ways is worse than the old and the, the New Testament invents hell. And and you can't get much worse than hell. <laughs> much, much crueler than the idea that you're going to torture torture someone forever for something as silly as not believing something that there's no evidence for. Right, right. Um, how you know you have a lot of uh, you, you have it open on your website for Christians to come back and you know and and converse with you about what you're writing about and everything. And the God of the New Testament, like we said, does seem completely different than the God of the Old Testament. How, how what are the kind of the the most uh, prevalent explanations you've had uh, Christians give you for this reason? Well, they, they look at the Old Testament uh, as being just in preparation for the new. It, it, that everything in the Old Testament, they say, points to Christ. Uh, that, you know, it's, it's it, it, of course, that's, so that's the way they view it. it, it mm-hmm. It's kind of silly because there's so much in it that obviously doesn't point to anything, uh, certainly not to Jesus. But that they so they they look at the all of the all of the laws and and all that that was the preparation of the Israeli people a way to preserve them so that out of them could come Jesus and whatever you have to do to get to Jesus is okay right like it's it's the it's the old covenant with God and then Jesus after Jesus is the is the new covenant is how I've I've heard it explained. Yeah, and a, and a lot, most most Christians, of course, don't believe that any of the you know apart from the Ten Commandments are, should be any of the laws in the Old Testament should uh-huh. be followed today. But there are exceptions. In fact, in my hometown of Moscow, Idaho, there's a uh, a, a pastor there that has quite a large following, and people come from all over the world to attend his schools, and he believes in applying the Old Testament just as it's written there, wow. except, for, except for in the cases where it's explicitly changed in the new, which isn't very many cases. So, but so he's okay with killing gays? Yes, he is. He's okay with killing gays. Wow. He's okay with slavery. In fact, he's written a book called Southern Slavery as it, is, as it Was that defends the slavery of the South before the Civil War. Oh, my gosh. This guy's name, by the way, is Doug Wilson, and uh, he's uh, he's he's a he's a pretty prominent uh, figure among um, the uh, evangelicals, the Reconstructionists, or they have various names that they uh, that they they call themselves. But it's becoming a larger and larger part of of uh, Protestant Christianity. And and the more the more mainstream, you know, the the, the nicer, more mainstream Christian uh, groups are are really dwindling, and it's these guys like Doug Wilson's group that are thriving. Wow, I'm writing down his name so I can look at it, and my head can explode later. I've had a I've had a bad habit lately of looking up pastors like this, <laughs> and just getting more and more frustrated. 
you'll find a lot about him online. He's got a lot of writings. He's got a very interesting blog. I, I love to go to this blog and and and, and uh-huh. um, <laughs> participate there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and go into our first break here. Excited about this week's band, and I figured it would be a good fit for the show. Uh, Bad Religion had a new album come out in January, and it's awesome. It's called True North. Uh, the first song I'm going to play for you right now is called In Their Hearts Is Right. And uh, you're listening to the AXPX Podcast. We'll be talking to Steve Wells right after this. There's something pathetic in the world today, and I don't know how it all began. As if all the shame and punishment will finally make me understand. A word means nothing, one in action, but catches up valuable as deeds. And no one can dog it for a lifetime, unless it only makes you believe. Everybody. Bad Religion with a song In Their Hearts Is Right off of their new album, True North, which is out right now. You can get it on iTunes. You can get it on Amazon MP3, I think for five bucks, which is a steal. You can also get it on vinyl, which I uh, should have done, but it was either $20 or $5, and I went with the $5 one. So, um, good stuff. Great album. We'll be hearing more from them a little bit later, but we'll jump right back in here with our conversation with Steve Wells. He's the author of Drunk with Blood, God's Killings in the Bible, and also The Skeptic's Annotated Bible. Um, all right, so, you know, we already covered when you had the idea for, for creating the Bible, but I wanted... Um, my question is, like, like this had to have been, you know, a massive undertaking. Um, when did you start creating The Skeptic's Annotated Bible, and then have there been instances where you've just been overwhelmed with the whole thing? Oh yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's an overwhelming thing from the beginning and still is now. Uh, it's, it's just way more than one person can adequately deal with, you know, even if you're spending full time on it, which I haven't been, uh-huh. I mean, I, I'm, I'm starting to spend more time with it now because I'm more or less retired. But, uh, it, when I started, of course I had four little kids and a family and a job and, you know, so I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't work on it full time, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's something that when I started, I started just 
just highlighting it, uh, color coding it, and I would transfer uh, transfer all of my notes onto onto um, little cards, you know, little index cards, uh-huh. and <laughs> uh, without you know the contradictions and all the other categories. And then eventually, when the when the internet came along, uh, then I I knew it would I knew that I could it would work there. So I created the website uh, in. Um, in 99, it's about 89 when I started. So there's about a 10 year process there where I was doing it more or less, more or less by hand and then converted it to the internet. And I always had in mind, I always hoped that I'd get it out in book form, but, uh, and, and, and finally was able to do, you know, to do that, um, this year. But, uh, yeah, I, but it, as far as being overwhelming, it, it definitely, it, 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 it didn't really feel that way when I started. It was just like, whoa, this, this is, um, it, it seemed very natural. And, uh-huh. uh, it, it also was sort of a project that I started on my own for my own use. Um, with, you know, at the back of my mind, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, uh, I'd like to do this as, as a book someday. But even if I didn't do that, it would be just useful to me. Uh, as I say, I was using it kind of as a, as a, as a means to, to talk my sister out of becoming a Jehovah's Witness. So it was kind of a practical thing, uh, as well. Um, and then, and once you commit yourself, especially once the website was up, then, um, you, you, you know, kind of keeps you at it where you can't, you know, you can't just say, oh, well, it was a good idea, but you know, there's other stuff to do. (laughs) Yeah. So it kind of took on a life of its own. Yeah, it did. Do you, do you have it? Does anyone else help you with the website now? Yeah. Uh, well, I think the website in, the, I'm hoping that, that there is someone who is, uh, redeveloping, uh, redoing the website for me. And I'm, and I'm hoping that we'll have that out later in the year. It will be uh, making it a database driven site rather than just the clunky old HTML stuff that mm-hmm. I do. Uh, that will help a lot because I won't have all of the, you know, the issues that you have when you're, when, when, when you're trying to do this, do your own HTML. Right. It's pretty awkward. And, you know, to add something like to add a contradiction and it, it takes a lot of time because there's so many different links that have to be changed and whatnot. <laughs> so, uh, it would be great when that, when that happens. Um, but I'm still doing it, uh, mostly by my own, on, on my own. Although yeah. it's sort of become a family thing. My, my son, uh, Philip is, <laughs> that was a baby that was uh, six months old when we were returning on the camping trip and, and he had just been baptized uh, Catholic and, and he's he's the son um, the, the, that son that I mentioned on that on, on the camping trip, uh, thing and uh, when I decided I was no longer a Catholic and started this process and he's now doing the Book of Mormon uh, I, I did the Book of Mormon I added the Book of Mormon, but I did it in a very, very quickly, not not, not at all a thorough, it had, hadn't done a thorough job on it. Uh-huh. So he's starting it now and going back through it and, and blogging it uh, on the post. And then we are uh, kind of redoing the um, the Book of Mormon as he goes along. And eventually we hope to publish the Book of Mormon in, in uh, the Skeptic Sanitated Book of Mormon in yeah. book form. Eventually, I say, we're hoping within a year or so. Yeah. Wow. Joey, did you have any uh, any questions for for Steve as we're going along here? Well, yeah, actually, I'm a little curious. You keep on bringing up your sister, and kind of it was one of the main reasons why you started this. So, were you successful with your sister? Did she uh, continue to become a Jehovah? Continue being a Jehovah Witness, or did she deconvert? 
Oh no, she's she's still at it. She's still with it, yeah. and she's very gung ho. She spends all of her time, uh, mm. li- literally all of her time. I mean, uh, try, uh, going door to door, going door to door, trying to con- trying to convert people, and and doing Bible studies. Yeah, she's really into it. And not only that, my I have a son that is a Jehovah's Witness. Huh. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. that's that's very interesting. It's funny because uh, last night my wife and I came home. And we had, you know, they had a, a watchtower thing just like shoved through the door, like, and uh, she got kind of upset. She's like, you know, <laughs> instead of just leaving it on the porch or something, they actually shoved it into our house. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, it's very interesting because Jehovah's Witnesses don't don't believe that Jesus is. I don't know. If they, they don't really believe he's he's divine, or they don't oh, really no. preach the res- resurrection. He's more of a prophet, I guess. Uh, when I was doing some reading, and he used to be the the Archangel Michael, and exactly. Then, he still, yeah, still, he still is. I is. think I mean, it's a little bit confusing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah, and they, they and they actually have their own version of the Bible. So I was going to ask you earlier because you said you started reading the Bible. Did you read their Watchtower approved Bible, or did you, or was it mainly the the King James version? No, I didn't read theirs, and I and I did actually read the King James version. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not sure why I did that, uh, but I did. I, um, I just kind of ha- happened to start reading the King James Version, and then when I did the website, I stuck with it, partly because the King James is, you know, in the public, public domain, whereas some of the more modern translations right. are. And partly because uh, it's to some, there are some Christians that, like Mormons, for example, that that consider it to be the only, the only valid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the King James only crowd. There's pretty, pretty a lot, lot of the evangelicals are that way. Although there's a lot that like the the New International Version yeah. as well. But no one believes in unicorns, and they're in the King James Version and dragons. Far, yeah, <laughs> yeah. As far as I know, uh, none of those fascinating creatures in the in the uh, in the Bible, uh, mythical creatures, are believed to exist today. Although sometimes they have. You know, they have ideas of what, uh, they have explanations, let's say. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, we, <clears throat> we actually featured a, a lecture by Bart Ehrman uh, about the King James mm-hmm. Bible, and he, he was saying that uh, they were trying to translate words, uh, I guess it was to be Old Testament, so in Hebrew, that they didn't really know, have a parallel with animals, they didn't really know what animal was being mentioned, so they just kind of threw in, and since they were kind of in a mythical context, they just kind of threw in the mythical animals of the day. So that's why you would see like unicorns and uh, and dragons and and uh, in newer translations, I guess they leave those out. And these, uh, I don't, you know, I haven't really done a check, Joey. Did they? Uh, did they mention the just four legged creatures, or do they just make up an uh, like an, like an ox or something? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure yeah. actually. Yeah. Darn it! Now I gotta add. Now I gotta research something else. But uh, <laughs> well, we were talking about the Jehovah Witness too. I I have my own story I would like to share too because. I have some family members that are Jehovah Witness, and I have a conspiracy about <laughs> it because <laughs> uh, my last name is Avalos, and it's Hispanic descent. So um, I get from time to time, I get Jehovah Witness knock my door, and I don't answer the door, but they leave me pamphlets in Spanish, only in Spanish, not English and Spanish, just Spanish. And I always think I feel like I'm being targeted. You know, it's like, how do you first you're assuming I speak Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. I speak English. I don't you know, I I have a, a you know, my parents can speak Spanish, but I can't. So I, I just find it funny, man. It's like you they're really gung ho, you know, like 
I mean, in one sense, you're like, wow, they really truly believe this and you kind of sympathize with them. Like they really think they're trying to do something good. But at the second, at the same time, you're like, do you understand what you're doing here? It's kind of creeping me out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to, I, I do admire them in, 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 in that way in, in that they are willing to, I mean, I think they are doing it uh, because they are trying to help you. They're trying to, mm-hmm. they're trying to prevent you from being destroyed when Armageddon comes, which mm-hmm. is, it's coming soon. You know, it's always coming soon. You're right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're doing it that, out of the kindness of their heart, and I, and I appreciate that. Whereas a lot of other Christians, at least the Jehovah's Witnesses, don't believe in hell. I, yeah, uh, I, I like right. that. When, um, when, when you're dead, when you're dead, and if you're not a believer, you're just dead. Yeah, that's right. And w- it, which is nice. And so <laughs> I think that what my sister and my son uh, would, would are hoping, sort of secretly, they probably wouldn't admit it even to themselves, is that is that I will die a natural death before I'm killed by God at Armageddon. As if you're killed by, at, at Armageddon, it's going to be messy, painful, and prolonged. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not going to be good. Uh, but if you just die a natural death, you know, have a heart attack or whatever, then you know that's the way to go. Uh, if if they're right, I mean, it, <laughs> then you definitely want to die a natural death before Armageddon, uh-huh. and then you're just dead. But I but I appreciate that they're trying to 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 save you from that, and it bothers me that my, I have another sister who is a who just recently became a evangelical Christian and she she'd always been a non-believer uh, up until the last few years but now she's an evangelical and um, it she will not talk about religion with me at all and yet I assume I don't know but I assume that she believes like other evangelicals most other evangelicals do that I'm going to be I'm going to go to hell when I die, and I'm going to be, it's going to be awful. I'm going to be tortured forever. And you'd think that she would care enough about me to say, to try to, to try to, con, you know, convince me of the truth of Christianity. Uh huh. Right. Does she no. feel like she's not qualified? I mean, I guess you're, you're just kind of, we're skeptical, you know, um, we're kind of trying to put pinpoint, you know, what what she's thinking. <laughs> when, sure, I, but, I think that's I think that's probably it. I mean, I think that she feels like it's it's you know it's it's she's not going to be able to do it. You know, she can pray for me and she'll just leave it up to God. And, right. And and then I think all, most people also think that well, gee, God's not going to send my brother or my dad or whoever my 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 children to hell. Yeah. Uh, it's it's those other people that you know. Yeah. Hell is an interesting subject. And uh, it's funny because we're hopefully in the near future, we'll be having Jay Baker on the show. And he's a son of uh, uh, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. And Mm, he uh he wrote a book called Faith, uh, Faith, Doubt and Other Lines I've Crossed. And he argues that, you know, there really, if you look at the Bible, there really is no no hell. Um, uh, I'm halfway through the books. I haven't finished, but it's, it's interesting that there's a lot of new Christians or preachers that, you know, they're, they're pissing off a lot of other Christians <laughs> and pastors too, but coming out and like, uh, is it Rob Bell as well? Yeah, Rob Bell. He yeah. actually had to leave his church and everything, uh, cause he wrote a book called Love Wins. And so they're, they're mm-hmm. preaching more along the lines of, uh, Jesus, what Jesus taught as far as grace and love. And, mm-hmm. um, and they argue that there's no hell too. So it's, it's, it's an interesting subject that's kind of coming to the forefront recently and even in christian circles where people are questioning 
that existence. You know, what kind of really, if God is love, what kind of a God would send someone to be tormented uh, horribly, you know, for the rest of their lives? It's just uh, it's, it's a very in- interesting conversation. Yeah, and I, I think that there's uh, that the, the Bible itself is is not clear at all about hell. That uh-huh. you can you can make a good it isn't clear about much of anything really, but you can make a good case uh, on each side of the of the existence and nature of hell. Yeah, a biblically based argument. Right, right, right. I, I see this question a lot, and this was actually on your your FAQ on your website. But uh, Steve, what qualifies you to create your own commentary on the Bible? Yeah, that's a good question. Do you, do you have? Because I had a, a Facebook conversation the other day where I I don't trust people with doctor in front of their names if they're not like you know an actual medical doctor, and where yeah. a, another one of my friend uh, friends acquaintances uh, argues that no, it, well you need to have the, a doctorate to actually in theology to actually understand the Bible and everything everything like that. So of course people are going to ask you, you know, Steve, what what what's your qualifications? Yeah, they are, and <laughs> and I don't really have any. Yeah. Special qualification. I'm just a guy who who read the Bible and was shocked by what he read. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I and I'm really writing the the what I did with the SAB was just try to present it, try to present the Bible or try to highlight the things that would be of interest to somebody who is just trying to objectively evalu- evaluate the Bible. Is the Bible a good book? Uh, does it does it have any cruelties in it? What does it have to say about science and histories? Are there any contradictions? Um, is it something I should base my life upon? Um, you know, that's that that's what I'm trying to to if a, if an objective reader that had never even heard of the Bible before picked it up and started to read it, I would just like to kind of point out some things that they might be interested in. They might want to think about. Uh-huh. And, and if they don't agree with me, well, that's great. I, sometimes I don't agree with myself. You know, I mean, sometimes when I, I mean, there are things that I have highlighted in there that I am, you know, I'm, I, I, I should have said that, or, you know, so some of the things are, are kind of marginal and nitpicky. I try to be comprehensive. And so you end up having troubles at the margins deciding what to, what to uh, leave in or, or, or what to throw out. And I, I tend to, I, um, I tend to try to market if it, if it, if it would be of interest and, and let the reader decide whether they agree with how it's marked or not. But as far as my actual uh, qualifications, I, I don't, I don't uh, have any special, I mean, I've always been interested in religion and I've, I think I've, I've probably studied it more than most, but I don't think that anyone, I don't think that, that that anyone needs any special qualifications to read to try to read and understand uh, the Bible, right? So, I mean, if that's if it's the case that there are only those who have uh, that have have advanced studies and I mean advanced degrees in in ancient history and and the uh, uh, Hebrew and, and no Hebrew and Greek and whatnot can can make sense out of the Bible, then what the heck good is it? I mean, and they'll be the only ones that make it to heaven. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess that would be true because they're the only ones that can read and understand and explain the meaning of the Bible or, or, or know the meaning of the Bible. Uh-huh. And, and I don't think that's true. I mean, most, when, when in Exodus twenty two eighteen says, "Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live," that's pretty clear. I mean, that that means kill witches. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. 
Well, even if you got the all those doctors and the you know into one room, they'd still disagree on their theology and <laughs> oh, absolutely, and you know. So and, I mean, that, that there's there's a problem with that too. So. Yeah, and and that's just to to show what a poorly written book the Bible is. I mean, it's really atrocious in terms of. It, it, I don't mean poorly written. Some of it's beautiful. Some of it's very profound. There's there's some there's some there's some 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 great stuff in the Bible, and I and I do include the the good stuff in the Bible as well in one of my categories and try to point them out whenever I can. But it's a Bible that's written over. Over, over many centuries uh, by many different people, and it's just natural that you and 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 in times that were that were pretty primitive uh, uh, from from you know from the human uh, history standpoint, and so it's it's not surprising that you that there are things that we find to be both ridiculous and uh, immoral that that in, in the uh, in the Bible. Uh, it would it would be strange if it wasn't otherwise. Yeah. But if it really was inspired by a kind and loving God, then it certainly isn't what you would expect to. You know, there, this is not the book that you would expect to have been written by a by a kind and loving God. Yeah. Well, we can uh, we'll dive into this uh, a little bit more. I'm gonna take one more musical break here, and we'll come back and chat a little bit more about the Skeptics Annotated Bible with Steve Wells. Um, the song I'm going to play for you right now is called Department of False Hope. This is Bad Religion on the AXPX Podcast. Welcome, my son, to where the work is never done. And the hungry are seldom ever fed. The Department of False Hope is a proving ground for dopes. And they'll grind your tiny bones to make their bread.
was Bad Religion with the song Department of False Hope off of their new album, True North, which I highly recommend. If you're a fan of Bad Religion, I think it's uh, one of their strongest album in, albums in years. And uh, uh, a lot of good, profound stuff in their lyrics, too. I, I really love their lyrics. They're kind of a... Uh, everyone just thinks that a punk rock band is just kind of a sloppy, you know, who cares type band. But uh, I've always appreciated... Uh, the thought that uh, Bad Religion puts into, into their lyrics. And uh, actually, I believe that their lead singer is a, a professor at a college somewhere. I should have looked that up, but uh, I would love to have him on the show. Shoot. Joey, use your uh, music your music uh, contacts. I'm, I'll make that happen. Man. All right, man. <laughs> All right, we are uh, talking to Steve Wells, uh, of course, the author of Drunk With Blood and of The Skeptic's Annotated Bible. You know, you, you mentioned all the categories in, in the Bible here, um, which I have right in front of me. Could you, I mean, uh, could you go through the categories you set up um, or, or some of your favorite categories? I know it's a, it's a laundry list here. Yeah, it is. And it kind of, kind of gets, uh, it's longer as I go. <laughs> when I first, when I first started, I think I only had four. Yeah. Uh, cruelty, um, uh, misogyny. Uh, I had. Well, I guess there's more than that because I, I I know I had sex and homosexuality. Uh-huh. Uh, science. I had science and nature, uh, science and history. That is, uh, and contradictions, of course. So I guess I had more than that. But yeah. it's it has expanded over 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 time as I went along. As far as favorites go, um, I guess I would say that the one that I think is the most important is probably cruelty. <clears throat> That it's the cruelty in the Bible more than more than any, any of the other any any of the other categories or, or or aspects that would trouble me the most as a believer, and it always did when I whenever I would read it and I and, and I would I would read uh, about um, oh God burning to de- burning people to death because they're complaining about the lack of food and water during the Exodus is you know you just go well. That just just can't be. I mean, the God, the God that I believe just could never could never do such a thing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I would say that the cruelty is the thing that would that that I think is the most important um, category. And of course, cruelty and tolerance and injustice are oftentimes they are they're, they're pretty tightly linked. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how many people, even you know, churches today that use certain verses in the Bible to kind of get their their point across or even, or, you know, their, uh, racism. And even well, right now today with the, uh, everyone's trying to use the Bible to kind of condemn homosexuals and you know, the whole gay marriage debate is on the forefront, mm-hmm. uh, right now. And that was actually, honestly, one of the things that started my, my major doubts and to start searching this Bible more is because I just, I couldn't get behind, you know, the, these the churches that were preaching that, you know, homosexuals deserve death and that, you know, uh, it's, it's not my place to, you know, to tell somebody that their sexual urges or how, you know, how they're wired was, you know, right or wrong or whatever, you know. So that was kind of a catalyst for me to actually start digging into the Bible more and learning more about this. And, I, and here I am now, you know, the, the downward spiral keeps on going. <laughs> yeah, I would say that homosexuality, that is... There's probably more interest in that 
um, that probably more people come to the site looking for information on homosexuality and about Bible than, than maybe anything else. And, and it's kind of strange because there's relatively little in the Bible about right, homosexuality. It's only about, uh, only about 20, I think 25 mentions? mentions? Yeah, I, I think I've kind of expanded that a bit since uh-huh. the book has come out. Okay. You know, there, I think there's more than that now that I'm including, although some of them are kind of a stretch. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's not much. It's just a handful. Yeah. Of course, some are pretty strong, and and some of them are pretty definite. Yeah, definitely, and and that's that's one of the things that uh, why I'm excited to to talk to Jay Baker about is because he says, yeah, you know, if you go back to the original language, um, they're actually not necessarily talking about what we think of as homosexuality today, and actually that word came about is a recent word. It's not even a you know when the yeah, Bible when the Bible written is, yeah the late 1800s or so yeah yeah. Yeah, so. it's possible. I, I I'm I'm a little bit skeptical of that because uh-huh. uh, there's that's sort of the way that the that believers get around everything in the Bible. <laughs> you know, is that oh, that's what it says, but that's not that's not what it means. Uh-huh. That's yeah. not what it meant then anyway. You know, and 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 but I think um, I think that homosexuality homosexuality at the time that the Bible was written was not viewed very favorably right. anywhere. Uh, I mean, they're not anywhere. There are some cultures in which it was, but I don't think it was in that part of the world and at that time. And so it, 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 I don't find it at all surprising that you would have things like, uh, like it says in Leviticus, um, 2013, uh, you know, if a man has sex with another man, like he's having sex with a woman, you stone, stone him to death, their blood shall be upon him. I think it's pretty clear that that's you know that's that's what they're talking about. That's what they mean. That's uh, and if if you're if you're okay with that, then you know then the Bible's your book. Um, but if you're not, then you should really be going someplace else. And and it really bothers me that a lot a lot of people that I know that are liberal liberal Christians are very much pro gay, and, and and I think that's great. I, I I commend them for that. But they're also pretend that they're basing their lives upon a book. It's the only book I know of. I mean, the Quran doesn't say it. Hmm. Book of Mormon doesn't say it. There's no other book that I know of that tells you, that commands you to kill homosexuals. Uh-huh. You know, uh, Leviticus is interesting. I had I had kind of a theory about Leviticus, and we'll see what you think, Steve, that, uh, you know, like you said that, you know, quote-unquote, God was trying to keep the bloodline of the Israelites pure, you know? And so, mm-hmm. and if if Leviticus was written back when the Jews were kind of wandering, right? They were kind of a nomadic tribe trying yeah. to keep the bloodline pure. If you read a lot of like the Levitical laws, it kind of makes sense if you're going to be keeping, you know, the bloodline pure. Of course, you wouldn't want homosexuality because that's not contributing to, you know, expanding the tribe or anything like that. You don't you don't want sickness in the tribe. So, of course, if a woman is uh, on her period, she has to go. She's unclean and has to go outside the camp, I guess. Um what are your thoughts on on that kind of theory? Like this was kind of law created for them at that time, using God as kind of the overseer, you know, kind of the, a scare tactic into keeping everyone in line. Is that does that make sense to you, or am I way off base? <laughs> no, I think that's I think that's that's right. But the the thing that that uh, stands out to me in the Bible and also in in the Quran, um, and the Book of Mormon too, um, is that. God is very much prefers some people over others. Uh-huh. You know, he has his he has his favorite people, the Jews, or the Mormons, or the Muslims, and everyone else. To everyone else, you know, is just 
uh, out of luck. They're enemies, and they're to be, you know, you can, you can, you can in some cases, you're commanded to kill them. Uh-huh. Uh, but generally speaking, you, you, God shows no concern about them and doesn't seem to think that you should be concerned about them either. He, he, he has his favorite people and he has his favorite religious beliefs and you had better toe the line with regard to those. Uh, you can summarize the Quran with just a few words and, and uh, it's repeated over and over and over again in the Quran. And for the unbelievers, God has prepared a, t- a painful doom. That, that line is in a very short book is uh, repeated more than a hundred times in the Quran. It huh. just happens all over the place. And and the same idea, it's not quite as explicit, is is in is in the Bible as well. And I think that that's his his preference for the Jewish people trying to keep the Jewish uh, prevent inter- intermarriage, for example, is the thing that one of the things, homosexuality maybe is another, but one of the things that really upsets the God of the Old Testament is whenever someone would try to intermarry uh, with a uh, another tribe and it's really another religion is what really got him got uh-huh. got him upset upset with um, so yeah try, I think you're right trying to trying to preserve the uh, the is the purity of the of the Israelites and their religion is is a main focus in the uh, in the, in the Old Testament yeah that's very fascinating and I'm actually I'm tra- I'm taking a, an online Yale course about the uh, Old Testament, so I've just oh, scratched the uh-huh. surface, and uh, it's by it's uh, Christine Hayes, I think. Yeah, uh, it's fascinating, fascinating. Yeah, stuff. I think I might have actually started to watch to 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 do that as well. Uh, I, I think I dropped out, but uh, I, I, it's uh it's all available online. You don't have to. Uh-huh, you don't yeah. even have to register. And and what I did was That's I. Yeah, yeah. I think I was watching it online. I downloaded all the MP3s, put them all on iTunes, and they're all on a playlist. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. working through the playlist. So I'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually, I also grabbed a couple books that they recommended. Um, one is a lot, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's definitely, it, it's an older book. And I think a lot of people like scholars have kind of discounted some of it, but it's basically paralleling a lot of, uh, ancient myths and fables and showing where they come into the creation story and and stuff like that. So it's, Mm uh, very fascinating stuff. And, and that's the thing, like I've in, in the past, I've never quit. I never questioned the Bible. I just figured, oh, that's God's word. And then, and that's, that's pretty much it. And I never was, you know, allowed to question it, allowed to go further, and you know, uh, wasn't allowed to go towards. Not, I guess it wasn't allowed. I wasn't. It wasn't suggested that I go towards any other book written other than like a Christian scholar or something like that. So once you kind of open Pandora's box with learning about how the Bible was created, it's uh, it's just fascinating how how it it does open up just a world, a whole new world to to someone like me who's just gets. You know, once I get fascinated with something, I get hooked on it, and I it just I can't just ignore it. I like I can't go back to just being you know an ignorant Christian. You know, uh, mm-hmm. some people don't like that term, um, but I don't mean that as I don't mean that as like a dig on somebody. I just think there's it's almost it is easier to just ignore you know all this other stuff and have and just focus on the Bible. But I think once you open yourself up to it, it's almost it's hard to go back to that, <laughs> which I'm finding. Yeah. So, um, speaking of, speaking of Christians, you've obviously have probably have gotten a lot of reaction from the Christian community. What, what are the sort of the, uh, the kind of the top reactions you, you receive from Christians, uh, through the website? 
And I'm sure it's going to happen more once people actually, you know, if I have this book out on, on a coffee table and I got friends over, I'm, I'm positive it's going <laughs> to ruffle some feathers. Yeah, I, I'm really surprised at the reaction that I've got from Christians because most of it has been, I won't say positive, but it's been uh, respectful and okay. polite. Um, so, some, some of it's been a little bit preachy, uh, but uh, I haven't gotten uh, too, too many uh, angry or threatening type uh, uh, responses. And some of the responses have been very good. In fact, uh, I try to post... Uh, uh, the uh, responses that I have that, that people have given me from other websites, for example, it's from Christian websites at the, at the bottom of the pages at the at the SAB, um, and some of them are very good. Um, they're pretty thorough, um, but yeah, I haven't had a lot of hate mail or that sort of thing. I'm I'm kind of pleased with that. And as far as the um, the uh, with the Book of Mormon and Muslims, I just haven't got much response at all. Okay. I don't know. I don't really know what to think about that. Yeah. What uh, speaking of the Quran and, and the Book of Mormon, um, I don't know how deep you are into those, but what did they did they present any sort of like different challenges than you know looking into the the Christian Bible, or was it pretty much the same sort of same sort of issues? Yeah, I think they each present their own special uh, special difficulties. Uh, the the Quran in particular, you really need to know the Sunnah. You need to uh, in order to interpret or or make sense of the Quran. Uh, or at least Muslim belief. Okay. And what, you also, uh, sorry to interrupt. Oh, what what is the Sunnah? You... Oh, it's a, it's the sayings of of Muhammad, okay. sayings and and acts of Muhammad, and and that is placed almost on almost as much emphasis on is placed on that as on in the Quran itself. Um, it, it, so there's a there's a you um, to do a good job with the Quran requires uh, quite a bit of research into the life and teachings and and the uh, sayings of Muhammad in, in the Sunnah. Um, so so there's and also the order in which they were revealed to Muhammad is very important because the the uh, they believe in abrogation where the what might be revealed in an earlier. Uh, um, uh, uh, chapter of the Quran might later on be abrogated or, or uh, changed in a in a later revelation to Muhammad, and the the, the uh, order that they have uh, the order that the Quran is is usually given in is has nothing to do with the actual order that of the that they were revealed in. So they're, 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 the long ones are in the beginning, and then they, sh- they get shorter as they go along. Right? So it's really in length of the of the of the chapter rather than in the time that it was revealed. And that's what's important really to, to, to Muslims. Interesting. What about, what about the Book of Mormon? The Book of Mormon, uh, is in some ways a lot more fun to do than the, <laughs> the than the Bible or the Quran. The Quran is, oh, the other thing about the Quran is it's, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's both incoherent and, uh, well, not incoherent, but it's, it's just various, um, repetitive, uh, Short um, sayings uh, or, or, or sentences okay. that are that are not really very closely related to one another, just kind of one after the other, and then they'll re- they might be repeated a dozen times throughout the Quran or or, or or dozens of times throughout the Quran, but they're not presented in any in any um, clear um, uh, way. So there's no real theme to any one chapter. They're just kind of various uh, little. Sayings. 
piled on huh. one one after the other. Uh, so it's a difficult book to read, and and it's a difficult book to to highlight, uh, or at least to to blog, for example. It's, right. it's, difficult, it's difficult to make a story out of it. <laughs> Uh, whereas in the Book of Mormon, you can definitely make a story out of it. That's all it is is a, is a story and a crazy story at that. And so it's 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 a lot of fun to highlight and to try to actually understand what the Book of Mormon is saying. Because the more you understand what the Book of Mormon is saying, then the the, the crazier it gets. <laughs> so it, it's fun. The Book of Mormon is, is I think the most the most fun in terms of uh, trying to uh, explain what what the Book of Mormon is saying. Uh-huh. It's, it's written, and in, 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 in part of it is just the way that it's written. It's so obviously written and trying to sound like the King James Version. And in, and in doing so, it, he just, uh, Joseph Smith just got way, way carried away. Yeah. I, I've tried reading it, and I just, I, I, it, it, I mean, yeah, it definitely, it's, it does, even if you read it out loud, it just sounds like a pale imitation of the King James. Yeah, it is. Joey, uh, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. This is interesting stuff, yeah. man. I'm learning a lot here. Um, anything that comes to mind as far as I need to expanding on any questions? or? Well, I just think when you're battling, like, it's one thing to battle the, or I guess, I don't know, not rebuke the Christian Bible or even the Mormon Bible, but when you do the Quran, you know, is there any uh, hesitation going there, you know, with uh, recent events, uh, outcries with, like, even that, um, what was that one movie, the little trailer thing? Sean, that came out the uh, up in arms, everyone went uh, about uh, depicting Muhammad. Oh yeah, I can't remember the, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, yeah, people went crazy on. Anyways, it doesn't matter, but uh, just stuff like that. When you're tackling, you know, religious texts like this, do you, is there any fear involved, <laughs> or do you try to keep kind of low key and uh, I don't know, get your thoughts on that? Yeah, <laughs> there is. Uh, there, there, I, I had some concern when I first uh, did the uh, Quran uh, uh, a few years ago, uh, when I first created the Skeptics Annotated Quran and started to annotate that. Uh, I was I was a bit concerned about that because uh, there's, you know, I, I was afraid that there, there might be some danger involved with that. Um, and uh, in in terms of uh, doing the Skeptics annotated Quran in book form. I think that might be something that might, you know, maybe you can get by with a website that nobody really notices, but I don't know. A book might be um, a more uh, a more dangerous thing. I mean, there's there religions are not all alike. You know, you, you often hear that uh, you know they're all pretty much the same and and all that, but but they're not. There are some religions that you can kind of tell how bad a religion is by how bad its fundamentalists are. <laughs> if you're a fundamentalist Jane, then then what you end up doing is put is wearing a mask so that you so that you won't inhale a bug, possibly inhale a bug, you know. Or um, right. a, a, a fundamentalist Jane is no threat to anyone, not even right. a bug. Uh, but but a fundamentalist uh, um, Muslim, uh, is, you know, they and they, and there's reasons for that you know the the reasons that go all the way back to the teachings of their prophet and the and the and the writing you know the and of their holy book and that's the same is true of the bible but for some reason most christians have been able to over these centuries they've been able to find some way of way out really of uh following their own book's teachings um in, uh, mostly by ignoring, 
but sometimes by you know, clever interpretation or rationalization, but somehow they've managed to get over and beyond uh, stoning people to death. <laughs> You know, and, and it's crazy because stoning is it, God. That's that's God's favorite way of killing people. I mean, there's no question about that. Yeah. Sometimes he like sometimes he likes burning people to death. Sometimes he likes stoning. Sometimes he buries people alive. But stoning is his favorite way to go, and that's what he tells he commands people to do is to stone people to uh -huh. death. Well, nobody does that anymore. And yeah. it, I don't know why because it, it, I would think it would really piss God off. <laughs> well, with with Christianity, I can see. It not the fundamental and not going that extreme with with Christianity because you had Jesus you know telling who's without sin cast the first stone so yeah that you have, helps you have you know the stories of Jesus kind of condemning that sort of you know that sort of activity and saying that the old Love law your neighbor been, yeah. yeah old laws yes. passed away but uh, I I'm I'm actually shocked we haven't seen fundamental you know fundamental Judaism because that's where all the stoning and killing comes into place is the is you know is is the the Jewish religion because they don't believe that Christ was you know Jesus Christ was the Messiah? Yeah, yeah, so. you're right. That is that is kind of mysterious. Uh, yeah. I mean, there is some fundamentalist uh, Jews, um, and 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 they they do um, it it they they do make things life difficult for um, for women, um, uh -huh. and and I'm sure they do for homosexuals as well, but. But they don't stone people uh, to yeah. death. I've never heard of that. Whereas they still do, and the and the the part of the world where this is done is in is Islamic countries, uh -huh. and there's nothing in the Quran about stoning people to death. Hmm. But yeah, there's there's a there was I saw a news, some news story where someone in a, in a Muslim country or Islamic country, I don't even know uh, how to pronounce, you know, which one to use, Islamic country, uh, where women were getting stoned to death. Oh yeah. It happens. It, it still happens in Iran. It still happens. And uh -huh. uh, I don't. I think it's fairly fairly common in 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 um, in the Islamic world. Uh, but the and, Quran and, that, and the Quran does not say to stone to huh. death. At least not that I'm, I. I haven't been able to find it. If, if yeah. anybody know, um, if anyone uh, can find a verse in the Quran that uh, that. Uh, requires stoning or, or suggests stoning or even that stoning is mentioned. I'd, I'd, I'd like to hear about it, but yeah. I've never been able to find it. But it isn't a Sunnah. And, and, and okay. that's the problem is that, is that Mohammed, Mohammed, uh, approved of the, of the, uh, of, of executing people in that way. Okay. Uh, and so that's where that comes from huh. in the Muslim world. Fascinating. And whereas, whereas Jesus, as you say, of course, that particular, uh, uh, story uh, apparently was not in the Gospel of John when in the earliest uh, right. uh, manuscripts. It was added later, apparently. That's, uh, yeah. But that that doesn't matter. To, to it, it's a part of the Bible now, and it, Christians can point to it as a uh, as a reason for not following the Old Testament laws for stoning. Great stuff. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm really glad these books are available. And even if I, I find, I think that even if, even Christians can find a lot of of interesting things out of these books, I can see these as as reference tools and things that Christians shouldn't necessarily be afraid of, either. I, you know, I, I, as as more of, you know, I, I never know what to classify myself anymore. But I, the more and more I, I class myself as possibly Christian agnostic. I don't know. And I, uh, but I hate labels. I just, I just find my, I'm just a person, you know, searching for truth, you know, truth seeker, I guess would be the best thing to classify myself as. But I'm, I'm glad that I have these as tools 
to look through, you know, when I'm actually looking in the Bible and I want to see, well, I wonder what the skeptics annotated says, you know, about this verse I'm reading. So I'm, I'm glad that it's in book form for people to check out. Have, has it been re- received well as far as the book? Well, it's, it's kind of early. Uh, yeah, you know, we just, we just got the, uh, the, the, uh, copies from the printer in the last few weeks. So, uh, got all of our pre-orders out. Uh, I think yesterday was, it was, it was we finally got them all. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but it's, it, I think it's going pretty well. Um, but you know, right now, I don't think too many people know about it. You pretty much have to get it from our website. Yeah. It, it is available now at Amazon, but it, you know, mostly it's being, um, uh, people are going there from from our website, so uh, we'll nice. see. I I mean, I was like, when I saw it was available in book form, I nerded out. I was like, <laughs> I was incredibly excited <laughs> to see this. It was in it was in a book. So there's got to be other people like me, right? <laughs> They're just ecstatic about. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think that that uh, it, when I first uh, thought of this, I, I I knew it was something that uh, that would be. That, that, that would work, you know, that, that, that people would want to have. Uh, it was obvious to me that there are hundreds of different, um, Bibles, annotated Bibles out there. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's nothing that's presented from a non-believer's point of view. Um, and so I, and I know there's a, there's a lot of interest in the Bible, always has been, and there is, I think, especially today. So, since it's the only one that is presented from a non-believer's point of view, I, I think uh, that it will appeal to a, a lot yeah. of people. I hope it will. Are you are you kind of dreading any future revisions of the book? Because uh, you know you're you're constantly updating the website. Is that something you have in the, the back of your mind? Like, oh shit, <laughs> I'm gonna have to update this print. Oh no, the print form. I already I already have uh, <laughs> have revisions revisions in mind. Yeah. Uh, the, there'll be corrections to make, I'm yeah. sure, uh, and and I'm going to add the apocrypha, uh, and I'm going to make quite a few changes. And I, I, I we already have plans for adding additional books. I'm going to have a book on the contradictions, okay? Because because contradictions can't be handled decently in the book form. You know, they're just listed at the end of the book. Yeah. Uh, but you really need a separate page for each contradiction and. Right where you can discuss it and, and present the verses, the actual verses, rather than just giving the chapter and verse reference. Nice. Uh, so, so I'll do that. And, and, and uh, we'll, we'll, I think I mentioned that we'll be doing the uh, Skeptics Annotated Book of Mormon and maybe the Skeptics Annotated Quran. You never know. <laughs> see, how, see how brave you are when that comes, yeah, in, that's right. comes, yeah. comes along. Can I ask you two a question? Sure, yeah. I was just wondering whether you, you, Sean, you say that you are a Christian agnostic, or that would be about as close as you can come. I guess for for me right now, because um, like I, I I find that the the the, te- the Christ teachings of uh, of grace and and love are very are very profound. And, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I that's what I, I identify with most of the that part of the New Testament. Yeah. Uh, you know, loving, loving, loving your neighbor. I love the fact that he met with prostitutes. He met with mm-hmm. sinners. He, um, uh, and it's unfortunate that most Christians today don't seem to identify with the Jesus, you know, because if you look at everything that Jesus said, pretty much everything he did say, you know, I, I come with a sword. Um, but I'm not sure exactly what he was referring to. Yeah. Yeah. There is um, a dark side. There's Jesus. a little bit of a dark side to Jesus, but, but the, for the most part, he's teaching unconditional love. And that's mm-hmm. why I feel like a lot of Christians miss the boat and they look at all everything else and they're quicker to judge somebody 
than they are to actually love them unconditionally. So that's why I'd say I would consider myself like a Christian agnostic because I, I feel like there are some profound things in the New Testament. Old Testament, I'm not so sure about. Um, and as far as, you know, how we got here, you know, I'm not sure. And I'm not sure we will ever know. And I'm not sure anyone will ever know. But, you know, but I'm, I'm all about keeping myself open to learn. And mm-hmm. the problem is people say, you know, they get, they get quote unquote saved and they go all gung ho, you know, for Jesus and they stop learning. All they learn is the Bible and they don't, they have their blinders on to anything else going on in science and uh, philosophy and anything else outside of that. And they base everything around the Bible, which I think is kind of the wrong idea to have. I, th- I feel like if you're seeking truth, you should be open to, you know, any form of truth that is, is out there, you know, and learn and grow. And, you know, life's a, life's a journey, you know, a constant journey. So why, why end at a conclusion so early in your, in your life, you know? So yeah. That's kind of how I explain it, you know? How about you, Joey? I, 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 I think, no, I think uh, I think uh, what Sean's saying is right on money. I, I've always kind of lived by these two things. Like I, I like to stay away from arrogance and ignorance. You know, mm-hmm. if you have both of those, you you end up in a bad spot. You know, when you have absolute truth and you're claiming that you are, I feel like you might be off the boat a little bit. So I think I think we're I think Sean and I are. That's what Sean and I started this podcast is that we enjoy listening to people's journeys including ours, you know, we might come from different places, uh, you know, different culturally, but we're all on the same journey. And I think what Sean and I think is just, you know, it's more about the message of love, loving people and then having good conversation because that's what's missing in this world. No one can even talk about this. It's always about right and wrong. You know, what do you believe, what you don't believe? And more than anything, we're more interested in the conversation with people, you know, with humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I uh, I agree with you both. There's an awful lot of good in in, in the uh, teaching of Jesus, and that's really why why I ended up uh, becoming Christian for a while. Right? Uh, was it I did admire some, and I still do. I mean, I, I really haven't changed uh, in my my view of of Jesus and his ideas. I still admire. Well, you know, with I admire uh, many of them. Uh, some of them, of course, I don't. And right. You know, that, that's the problem is that, but you don't really know. It's very difficult to know what, what Jesus actually said or did. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I do think that I, I agree with Bart Ehrman that, uh, mm-hmm. that we can be, we can be nearly certain that, that there was such a person, that, that, that there was a Jesus of Nazareth that, that taught some things and caused some trouble and, and, and ended up getting crucified by, by the Romans. Um, and and there's we probably even can figure out a few more details here and there of his life and some of the things that he might have said, but it's it's hard to know just what. But but the the teachings in the the the, the things that are attributed to him and the, the sayings that are attributed to him in the in the gospels, some of them are are really amazing for the time that they're coming from. All right. Well, Steve, I want to thank you so much for talking with us um, about the things you're doing, and I want to thank you for the things you're doing. It's like uh, nobody had. You know, it's. I think that your books are are a uh, a valuable tool, and uh, it's it's one of those things you didn't have to do it and you did it. So, you know, I personally thank you for for creating these. Oh, you're welcome. For spending the time, and I hope that I hope that you are duly uh, rewarded <laughs> for all oh, your time. <laughs> yeah. So, I I, I'm I'm all about pushing uh, uh, the the books here. I think they're valuable. Steve, where can people go to find uh, the book? And uh, can they find you on on Twitter and Facebook? 
Yeah, they can. Uh, they, I'm not on Facebook. Well, my son has a Facebook page that, that, that involves a site and I can't even tell you what it is, okay. to be honest with you. <laughs> but, um, I, I am on, I am on Twitter. I do have a blog that uh, Twitter is just Steve Wells, uh, SAB. And, uh, the, uh, the blog is dwindling, dwindling in unbelief. Um, and of course the website is skepticsannotatedbible.com and that, and that's where you can find, uh, you know, that's where you can, uh, find information on buying the book or you can go to Amazon and find it there. Great. Great. Well, uh, that's going to do it for, for this week's show. Again, our guest was Steve Wells and, uh, the book, uh, Drunk with Blood, God's Killings in the Bible is out. I got mine on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon or through uh, the website skepticsannotatedbible.com and you also grab the uh, book form of that of the SAB there as well and I'd highly recommend it to add to your uh, to your library uh, I, you can find me on Twitter at, under the AXPX and of course you can find the show on Facebook uh, facebook.com slash the AXPX before we go what sure what does AXPX stand for oh armchair philosopher <laughs> I, I started I, I wanted to start something up, but I you know, I oh, okay. I have nothing you know, I got no training. I'm just I'm just a guy, you know, uh-huh. tr- trying his you know, trying my trying to to take a swing at philosophy and religion and and so I I wrote out oh the armchair philosopher, that's exactly what I am. And then uh there's actually a band called MXPX and they used to be called Magnified Plab, but I guess they, they transferred down to MXPX and it was just kind of a kind of a funny thing. I was like, well I'm gonna call mine the AXPX because that that's kind of catchy. <laughs> so Yeah, okay. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. And Joey, where can people find you, sir? Yeah, Twitter, uh Joey Avalos. Joey and then my last name, A V A L O S. All right. Uh I'm not exactly sure what subject we'll be tackling next week. I'd like to keep all of you on your toes, but just know <laughs> we are working on interviews with Jay Baker. We're working on an interview with Mike Herrera, which actually not interview because I listened to his recent podcast and he said he hates interviews. So conversation <laughs> with Mike Herrera about his band MXPX and kind of a hopefully, you know, how they straddled the line between uh, being a Christian band, but also being a, you know, quote unquote, being pretty well off in the in the secular arena. Uh, so that should be a fun conversation. And I know uh, we're going to be talking about the movie The Master. Actually, I think that's what we're going to do next week, possibly. Is we're going to talk about the new movie The Master with a friend and movie critic, uh, Trevor Schoenfeld. And then we also have an Evolution podcast in the works. So lots of good stuff coming up the next uh, throughout the next month. So stay tuned for that. Go to theaxpx.com to look at articles and find the podcast and book reviews there. But find them out, you know, conversate with us on Facebook. I think it's the best place to actually go back and forth and uh, converse. So thank all of you for listening. I want to thank, again, Steve Wells for talking to us today. I'm Sean DeRager, along with Joey Avalos. Have a great week. Yeah.